Welcome to Tree Talking Time, where we talk all things tree dogs. From the smallest fights to the largest hounds, drink squirrels to bears and everything in between. And from time to time, we might even run a little fast game. back with uncle wayne uncle wayne <laughs> we mentioned yet in the other one we were talking about you being a bear hunter about you having leopard curs which are by most people that would recognize them are now registered as leopard hounds but you still have dogs that are association leopard cur association true so your dogs are still technically leopard curs they are and they will be as long as i live mm-hmm. now what got you into the leopards well, like I said it earlier, I think my older brother, Lewis Carson Hensley, who Barry hunted and done a lot of coon hunting, owned one of the three original leopard curs that Mr. Richard McDuffie ever registered in that mm-hmm. association. Uh, so that would be a litter mate to Nimrod, who was yes. kind of like the... the... The dog's name was Flicker, mm-hmm. which I named this puppy out here after my... Brother passed away. I named it Young Dog Flicker. Yep. Uh, he also, uh, my daddy owned a couple of them, and Pete Webb, well, my brother-in-law. Pete, and Pete, if he was living, he'd tell you this. Now, I think he probably f- preferred the Walker dog a little more than he did the leopard. He himself did, but mm-hmm. I'll tell you something. He will tell you, he had two Walker dogs that could catch catch bear mm-hmm. could fly couldn't get them treated okay he was running bear, bear back out then years ago in his 70s he yeah. was running bear every time to the woods mm-hmm. and he got two of those leopards yep and he started treeing bear like a tree coons just wouldn't put enough pressure on them. wouldn't put no but they had no grit mm-hmm. they could run and tree but they had no grit mm-hmm. they'd run bear all over this mountain and never tree one well, they tree occasional bear, an easy yeah. bear. But when he started using those, I'll tell you something he done. It was a bear up on Onion Mountain after he bought those leopards. He had the two walkers, two leopards. Uh, he, uh, he went in there on Sunday before the season opened on Monday. And he come up at the home place and he told my daddy, because he called him Charlie. Charlie Henson was his name. He told him, he said, Charlie said, I found where it's a bear over on the other side of Onion, and it's right up in there next to where, up Old Street Creek. Mm-hmm. He said, he, I found where he's feeding. He said, he's, he's been feeding every night. He said, I will have that bow back at the truck by lunchtime. He went in out there and four dogs that morning, and he was back at 1130 with that bow and the four dogs. Like we talked about, you know, yes, in the other podcast about there just weren't that many bears. So that's qu- being, you know, that's quite the statement back then. Yeah, it I was. I mean, it, it is today. Yeah. But but Daddy done a lot of scouting. Pete did. My brother-in-law Pete Ware did. It, 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 they knew where the bear was at. What mm-hmm. few bears were here, yeah. they knew where to find them. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'll tell you something about my daddy. He beat all I've ever seen pretty much. I've seen him sit around up there. My mother used to cook at every bow hunter that went with us that day ate breakfast there. Mm-hmm. Pete, my brother Carson, anybody that was invited to go, if you would have been there at the time, you mm-hmm. would have ate. If you didn't, she'd get mad. She'd cook homemade biscuits, mm-hmm. 
have bacon off of a hog, and she'd cook for all of us, and we'd eat. And Daddy would sit around by that old fire, and I remember him. I can picture him right now. He used to sit down. He sat in a little old chair, and I got that chair right in here right now. Okay. And he used to sit in beside that old wood stove, mm-hmm. open the front up and spit tobacco juice in the front of the stove, <laughs> close the back, damn smoke, roll out, because didn't even open the draft on the <laughs> thing, just roll out in the house. That didn't make no difference, not not the way we lived. Uh, but they uh, he'd sit around, and he'd uh, somebody finally asked him, said, Charlie, where are we going today? I mean, it, it'd be 8 o'clock. Everybody else gone to the woods. And he'd say, well... I, I'm thinking, said, nobody's been at this spot for a right good while, so let's go there. And about every time, if it was a bow on that mountain, he'd find it. Mm-hmm. He'd get, he'd take your dogs <laughs> and find it. He That's had that knack to find bear. Yeah. Now back to your leopards. and What took you so long? If You said Pete, your dad, your brother. They all had leopards in the 60s and 70s. What took you to the 90s to get your dogs? Well, it took me to the 90s. For one thing, I lived in North Carolina, and I did some bear hunting, but I didn't own dogs at the time. Okay. I, uh, uh, in the late 70s, uh, through the 70s pretty much, mm-hmm. uh, I, I bear hunted, but I worked for a company down there, and I didn't live here in Bedford for about seven years. Oh, okay. And then when I moved back here, I got some dogs, and uh, I, but I was just... The dogs I bought most of were already running dogs mm-hmm. to, to get back into it. And then uh, Carson and Pete Well both told me they gave me uh, Fielden Lewis's name that lives here in Virginia. Okay. But he, if I remember correctly, he had died when I called his wife. No, Goodman was a man I called. He had passed away. His wife told me, unfortunately, he had passed away. And he didn't, you know, yeah. he wasn't around anymore. Uh, so I went to Rex Bowers. Yep. Uh, he told, they told me, uh, my brother Carson told me, said, call Rex Bowers. And for anybody that's familiar with the leopards, Rex bred Dutchman Creek. Dutchman Creek. And he lived in Moxville, North Carolina. He still does. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I went down to see him and the first dog I bought in, uh, I think it was 89 or 90 was a little mate to the zipper zip code he called him zipper dog mm-hmm. i bought a dog named frazier i called him and i told him and i'd never met him okay and uh i told him who i was and he said oh yeah i've hunted with your brother and all coon hunted with him and all mm-hmm. and he said uh uh i said you got anything a puppy that i can start on bear he said i don't but he said my neighbor over y'all man lived there he said bought a well, puppy this little mate to his zipper dog and he had the zipper dog there mm-hmm. and uh he took me hunting with his zipper dog and he showed me two coons that night and he was nine months old nice and uh and i mean he put them up quick along the edge of a cornfield mm-hmm. so uh he said the man bought the dog mainly for his kids dog done outgrew the kids yep. man said and i forget what i give for that dog this this was in 89 and Anyhow, he said, he said, the man said he'd sell it to me. So he brought it on over. He paid him and I paid Rex. Okay. I brought that dog back here and I could tell he was an awful smart dog. Mm-hmm. I took him down on a branch behind the house here one day, just getting him used to him. No, he getting used to me. And he was trotting down the branch 
the road goes along the edge of branch. I'm walking the road, and he's going down the branch. Mm-hmm. And a woodpecker flew up. It flew up on a branch up on the top of the bank on the opposite side of the river where I was sitting. I watched that dog. He pulled up that bank, and when he got right to that little old bush that woodpecker was sitting in, the woodpecker flew straight back up the branch behind me. That Frazier dog took off. I'd never seen him raise his head. Had He, he just he was looking straight ahead. That woodpecker went probably 75 to 100 yards, and I seen him light in the top of a poplar tree. Yep. He stretched out up through that, and when he got that uh, poplar tree, he threw the brakes on and looked right up at that daggone woodpecker, and I said, yeah, this will make me a dog. That's a smart <laughs> dog, and he did make me a dog. He was one <laughs> hell of a good dog. And then uh, I got uh, another one or two from him. I got another dog, and... Bow killed him up there in the woods when he was young. Okay. Third one I got, I called Rex, and I said, Rex, that last dog I got from you, Fraser's still living, but I said, a bear killed him. I said, you got anything down there that's running and treeing? He said, Wayne, the only thing I've got is Tigger. And he said, Tigger, that was my first Tigger dog because I had yep. two. He said, you saw him when you was down here, said, Karen brings, that's his wife, said, Karen brings him in the house and feeds him. And said, never had a coon shot to him, but said, he'll run a coon. Says, he goes with me down to those coon feeders and said, he runs. Said, but he's not treeing. And I think, he was over a year old. He says, he's not okay. treeing, but he said, I've never shot nothing to him, anything. Mm-hmm. He said, you want to take him and try him, you welcome take him. I said, okay. So... We went up there the mountain, and uh, back there then it was legal to put food out for bear during chase season. Okay. So it was at one time to the bear hunters, they are a victim of their own stupidity. They messed that up mm-hmm. by leaving trash and stuff out. Mm-hmm. cost us all the yeah. opportunity. Anyhow, Ed Ware and I went up there, and the food, we knew the food had been hit. And... Uh, the bad come in there, so we get up there, and you had to walk a little ways up to where the food was at off the road. So I got Tigger out, snapped him, snapped him to a bush. I'm getting my other dog out. Ed's getting his out, and I turn around. Tigger got unsnapped was gone. The leash was out, but Tigger wasn't. <laughs> I said, Ed, you see where Tigger went? He said, no. All of a sudden, I heard him open up up there where the food was at. He never bow hunted before, never yeah. run about. I said, Ed looked at me and said, you reckon he's on that bow track? I said, I don't know, but I said, cut him loose. If it ain't, we're going to have one hell of a deal, Chase. <laughs> treed that bow. Mother Bear and Cub was up there in the treater, and he nice. was at the tree doing jack of what Rex Bow said he'd do, walking around, wasn't looking up, just smelling at the other dog, just walking, didn't leave the tree, yeah. stayed there. Within two weeks' time, he started treeing. We started treeing bear with him yeah. and the other dogs, and he took to treeing. And him and the jazz dog that I had died last year, probably the best two leopards I have owned, best two dogs I have owned, period, in any breed. Okay. But especially in the leopards and, 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 and overall, anything I ever hunted. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he lived to be about 11 years old. I've seen that dog, and I can show you pictures, I think, right here, some pictures I've got of him 
he was standing at a tree, a bear come out of a tree, and it bit him through the side, the neck and head, oh. and he was standing in the next tree, tree, and the blood dripping out of him, never phased him. That dog had no fear. Jeez. And uh, I've seen that Frazier dog bit up, but I'm going to tell you a story about Frazier when he got killed. He's 10 and a half years old, and we was up at chase season one day, and dogs, mine and Billy, one of Billy Mitchell's uh, walker dogs, Frazier and, and Billy's walker dog went around the side of the ridge, and they struck, and Billy Coon hunts his dogs a lot, and okay. he pulled up treed. You could hear him treed. Billy said he got a coon treed, Wayne. He said, I'll go get him. I said, all right. He goes around down. Now he's he's hollering, "Turn them loose! Turn them loose! It's a bear." <laughs> he had a bear treat, a yeah. nice bear. And somewhere or another, he I got a video of that bear. But the rest of the dogs, I turned them loose. His and mine. They went to the tree, mm-hmm. and uh, another fellow who was with us, and we got to that tree, and we didn't tempt to tie the dogs back. Yeah. It's chase season. Yep. We just figured we'd film this thing some, and then we'll get them and leave. Well, he sat up there just calm, and the bow's probably 250, 300. Mm-hmm. He decided he's leaving. He backs down, and my hammer dog that I had at the time, which was out of Frazier, he come, his young dog, and that bow backed down. He didn't jump off. He just backed right down in the dogs, and that uh, hammer dog latched him right in the butt. And that bow spun around to get him, and Frazier was coming up, and he caught him right in the juggler vein. Ooh. And he flipped him over, and the bow took off around the ridge. And that Frazier dog, every time his uh, blood, heart pumped, blood pumped out, bit him right in the juggler vein. Ooh. And I knew he was going to die. And that other fellow was with Billy, said, take him to the vet, Wayne. I said, vet won't help this dog. God's the only thing help this dog. Ain't yeah. no help for this dog. He come around that tree, and it's the saddest thing I've ever seen when I've ever been hunting that ever happened to me. He come up, walked right up, crawled up on my lap, and I held his head over here on the right side of me until he bled every drop of blood out of his body. Hmm. And it run down the hill. And I just rubbed him on the head, and I said, this is it, buddy. I know. <clears throat> last couple of days we've been talking in the truck as we've been hunting, and you, you've lost quite a few dogs, unfortunately, you know, just – Freak accidents Freak like accident, that. Yeah. Like it's not like your dogs are just gritty, stupid gritty. Oh no, getting killed. No, just... I, I lost one a good dog out of that jazz dog. It's a little mate to this Amos dog that I'm gonna breed Ivory to. It's a little mate. Lost it two years ago up here on the mountain. Amos is I think five now, and he was three. Dogs had a bow bait. They took off, and he didn't leave. And I figured the bow killed him. And Jesse Trost was in the woods there, and I was coming around the road trying to get to him because they had him made up, and we was trying to get him off because just chase season. Yeah. And I said, Jesse, check that uh, uh, rock dog. I said, something wrong. He didn't leave there, and that's not like him. Mm-hmm. He goes there, and he calls back on the radio. He said, Wayne, we got a problem. And I said, how bad is he tore up? He said, he ain't tore up. He's stone dead. I said, what do you mean? I said, is he tore up? He said, yeah, I don't find a scratch on him. And he waited a few minutes, and he said, I found out. He said, a snake had bit him right. It was hot that day, and it bit him right under the, right against his heart, Ooh. under the front, right front shoulder. And I think he died instantly. I think it hit the blood vein right there, and he just killed him instantly. Yeah. Stuff like that happened. And then I had that one idiot in the South, uh, North, uh, West Virginia that shot one of my dogs. 
Yeah. Drunk. Like I said, just you just had some crazy, crazy stuff, stuff crazy unfortunately. Stuff. But through it all, you have somehow managed to perpetuate a line of dogs for 30, some, 30, 31 years. 31 years with very few outcrosses. The only one that I really ever made was the one with uh, Brandon Thompson's mm-hmm. dog. That yep. new dog. Yep. The only one. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I'll tell anybody this. I lost some grit, but I gained some tree power. I, that doesn't mean my dogs didn't tree, but his was coon dogs and honey for coon. Mm-hmm. And I, I got more tree power, but I lost some grit gotcha. in, in the process. Mm-hmm. I seen that immediately as soon as I started hunting the puppies out of that cross. Okay. Uh, I bred a dog too, and the scout dog yep. at JD My, uh, Myers owned. Mm-hmm. JD is his name, right? LD. Uh, LD, LD Myers. And uh, that was a one out of that litter. Yeah. Uh, puppies. And I kept two. Bow killed one of them, and the other the man shot. The drunk mm-hmm. man shot in West Virginia. But like you said, you did actually add that into your line. So that means. Yes. Ooh. Yes, that's in there. <clears throat> uh, it's not a lot of it in there, just yeah. him at that one shot. But you can see the difference in the tree. Mm-hmm. But you, you lost some grit. I could see the difference in the grit too. Yeah. Now, what's your philosophy on breeding? Like, so, like I said, we've you've perpetuated this for a long time with very few outcrosses. So obviously, your family breeding of some sort. So, what's your take on breeding? I don't breed mother to daddy stuff, crap like that. A mother to son, or mm-hmm. daughter to daddy. I don't believe in. I don't believe in breeding them that close. Okay. I I breed them like. Uh, cousins or uncles or something like that, but no, I've not bred them that close. I think you get stupid dogs when you do. My mm-hmm. personal opinion. Yeah. And everybody's got an opinion. Yep. Well, the proof, at least for you, I mean, it's, it's there. that it works. It's been working for you. It, so. it works for me. So, but I've sold definitely. a lot of puppies. I even sold one to a man in Hawaii. I was just going through your little green photo albums out there and i saw that dog did you and kirk kubo that bought him mm-hmm. i didn't know at the time he called me and he said he bought a female out of texas from somebody mm-hmm. i'm not sure he told me at the time but i don't forgot you know he said i need a male dog you got anything running that's already running i said i do i said i really don't want to part with him but i priced the dog to him and he said i'll take him but it cost two two <laughs> excuse me 250 dollars vet certificate yep. to get him on a plane i forget now what the plane ticket was which wasn't bad back then because yeah. he was out of, he was out of frazier uh, or tigger one i can't remember which he was out of and then i didn't know this but at that time there had never been a recorded case of rabies in the state of hawaii okay they even people in the armed forces if they bring a dog or a cat, it is quarantined for 90 days when it wow. arrives, lands there, and you have to pay f- for that. Oh, wow. So he had a good, he had a couple thousand bucks in his puppy or young dog. Yeah. It was running and starting the tree yeah. when he got it. Well, I can see why he wanted something that was starting to run because. He wanted to get, he said there was no other leopards that he knew of certainly not on the island where he was at or none in hawaii he knew of yeah. and he wanted to breed them and he wanted another that was registered and he got it and uh, yeah he sent me some pictures of the yeah. 
the hogs they get. They don't have Russian boys. They have Polynesian boy hogs is what he told me. Mm -hmm. But he was a wild looking. Do you see a picture? (laughs) He's a wild looking character. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he was true Hawaiian. Now I recently, I don't know, maybe within the last year I asked, I was talking to somebody that's hawk hunts in Hawaii and anymore he goes, because it's such a pain to import dogs, they just run all kinds of crossed up anything. Oh, I bet. Just because I bet. I bet. it's just too much of a hassle to try and get, you know, yeah. fresh blood brought in. Yeah. And there's not many people that breed, I guess, any one particular breed. Exactly. So. But he had good success with the dog and all. I've I've sent a couple puppies to British Columbia, Canada, mm-hmm. and I've sent them mo- to anywhere they had bear hunting or cat hunting, most states in the United States. Yeah. Probably 30 or, 30 or 35 of the 50 states, mm-hmm. plus Hawaii and the British Columbia. Now, I've talked to people in Oregon, Idaho, and Maine within the last six months that all had dogs. Oh, yeah, they've all had dogs. At, yep. at some point. Yep, they have. I've sent them, gosh, North Carolina, Georgia, Tennessee, West Virginia, mm-hmm. you name it, Michigan, uh, uh, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Florida. Georgia, I, yeah, I could sit and name you most of the states that I've sent one. Yeah, it, it'd be hard pressed to find a state that I didn't put at least one dog in. And and you know, most people know that I I try to be honest. Mm-hmm. I tell people, and you, and I've told you the same thing. And we, you and I talked about this, I think, yesterday and the day when we were hunting. I tell people, you want to see what my dog's capable of and what you might be buying stock out of. Come hunt. Mm-hmm. They are what they are. You might have seen better. Heck, I've seen better, you know, at, at one time or another, depending on who's got the dog and how, how good of a dog it is. Mm-hmm. But I still, two things I believe about the leopard. I believe when you, if you cross, I always bred the best of the best. Mm-hmm. Anybody sees anything, and you know this for a fact, there's two young nine-month-old puppies out here that's just starting, and a dog that you brought you bred, and you saw her on the bow that we killed today. Yep. That, you know, she's, she's baying at it now. If it eats my food, you can bet your bottom dollar it runs a bow, runs in trees on a bow, or I ain't going to feed it. Because oh, yeah. I, I figured out a long time ago, you can feed a good dog, costs the same as it does to feed a sorry dog. Yep, and you're not in the same boat I am. Right. With a four-year-old that's very attached to you. <laughs> right. Your sorry dog. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, I told some of them down there, I was laughing about it. I told Walter Hatcher this, and he's a bound one day. I said, you know, Walter, I said, everybody I ever met, no matter what breed of dog they have, they have their best dog. Mm-hmm. I have one. I said, Walter, guarantee you. He said, yeah, I do. I said, now, Walter, my best dog may not be as good as your worst dog, mm-hmm. but it's still Wayne's best dog. He said, I never heard truer words spoken. <laughs> yep. He said, that's true. Everybody has a best dog, yep. no matter what breed. Mm-hmm. He's got that one dog that he feels like is better than the rest of them. Yep. And right now, Mike would be it. Cause from truck to tree, he's it. Yeah. Uh, he's he's a good, solid dog. Well, like we were just talking, you lost three dogs, what, two years ago? Three dogs three in about dogs. an 18-month period. Yeah. That man shot one. No, not three years ago. The, uh, one, one got, two got killed by bear, and one died of that snake bite. Yep. And uh, I lost with three top. Dogs. I mean, two or two of the fastest dogs that I had yeah. in Roscoe and Gunner. Mm-hmm. That Gunner dog 
is probably the fastest leopard other than jazz. I never have understood something about dogs and speed dogs. Mm-hmm. I watched during the chase season several years ago when jazz was in a prime. I watched them. I walked along at Blue Ridge Parkway up there, and there was Bay and a big bear that was probably between four and 500 pounds, and he's just walking and fighting. Mm-hmm. When that bear broke and went away from the road, he went down the mountain. She pulled 200 yards ahead of everything that was on that bear, and they all left when I looked at them. Jeez. How the hell she done it, I don't know, but she had that knack. Mm-hmm. Tigger had that knack. We went up there one night, me and Tommy Parker and rigged a bear. It was on a Monday night, and the Monday night, we wanted to watch a Monday night football game. It was in October. And we went up there, and we rigged the track, turned out. The bear went down the mountain circle, come back up, tried to cross the road, and we threw rocks at him. Cut our headlamps on and threw rocks at him and turned him back, and he went back and crossed the road. Tigger was out front, and when he crossed over the road, Tigger pulled up and treed that bow before the other dogs ever got to the road. Mm-hmm. He put him up a tree, and the rest of the dogs went on into the tree. He was that kind of he had that kind of speed. How dogs do it, I don't know. Yeah, but you get that one or two. If you breed or whatever, you'll come across that one or two that just has that knack to always be where the bow's at and up front. Mm-hmm. And Frazier was like that, Jazz. Uh, I've had some others. That Gunner Dog, that yep. Gunner Dog is probably, aside from Jazz, the fastest dog. And he had no quit in him, and she didn't either. I've seen that dog, that Jazz dog, put 300, 350, 400 pound bow up a tree that a pack of dogs couldn't put up a tree, but she wore him out. Yeah. She would wear him out, and she never got hurt. She died, the kidneys failed on her when she was 11 years old. Yeah, I hunted with her. She was in West Virginia. Nine or ten. Yeah. She started a track for Yeah, us. she started a track. She she was just a solid all around dog. Mm-hmm. And Tigger was also. But I've had some good ones. But I still believe that the leopard overall, if you breed your best dog to your best dog, they give you a higher percentage of good dogs through that litters than any other breed. Okay. I've long since established that that's correct. I've never had walkers, bed bones, plots, or anything that even come close. You see people throw two dogs together hoping they get a good puppy. Hello, I'm here to throw two good dogs together hoping I get a well-balanced litter of puppies. Yeah. And I've never, in 31 years, ever kept one here that I couldn't get to run and tree. Mm-hmm. Never. I can tell anybody that, and that's the truth. And you look at that dog, you know the one that you brought down here, Brett Ninja. Yep. And I told you, boy, I'm worried about this dog. You take her up and the dogs leave on a red-hot track, and she's looking around like, wonder where are they going? The truck's right here. Yeah. And all of a sudden, and Tim Barry from Maine, he was with me, and he saw it. Tim said, I think she'd bark. She'd get excited, but she wouldn't leave with the dogs. Mm-hmm. And he said, I think she'll go, Wayne. And I said, I think she will too, but what's she going to be 10 years old when she leaves the truck? And she she got on up there, and she got about a year of age. I took up a one day, and me and Tim Campbell struck a track. Dogs left. And I looked around, and I said, where's Patches? He said, I don't know. She's standing right there a few minutes ago when I looked. <laughs> I looked at the gum, and I said, hell, she's 500 yards. She's in front of the dogs. She was leading the race. She just left there and Finally flew right clicked. on by. It just clicked in one trip to the woods, and I couldn't believe it. 
Mm -hmm. And she's been running and going ever since. Had no trouble with her. That and uh, and the way they handle. Mm -hmm. But anybody that wants to breed a dog and get a good, got two good leopards to breed, they will get good puppies out of it if they breed the right dogs to the right dogs. Yeah. But like I say, somebody will have a, you see all the time somebody advertising a brood jip. Mm -hmm. Excuse me, what in the hell is a brood jip? I want somebody to tell me. I don't want a brood jip. I want a jip that hunts yep. before I breed it. And I, I agree. And it's just that yeah, that's what you see. You see them all the time advertised. Yep. Make somebody a good brood jip. Well now, if this is a dog that is six, seven years old and been one heck of a coon or bear dog and they don't need it anymore, yes. You can say this dog would be a good dog to get some good puppies out of. Yeah. But to call it a brood jip, mm -hmm. all you're doing is raising crap. I hate to say it. No, it was funny. You just went to dinner while, and I was talking to somebody else, and I, I literally, we were having the same conversation. Uh, I mean, breed, breed something <laughs> that you at least expect to get something out of. Yep. But I've seen so many people just grab up, have a jip that, my God, this thing will actually run. And just breed it to anything, just to get breed two blue ticks together, two red bones, two walkers. Yep. And well, that Mike dog, I said probably my best dog you saw. He accidentally bred Tim's camel's walker dog mm -hmm. last hunting season. He didn't know she was in the heat, and he bred her. You saw that nine month old puppy at that tree today yep. on that bow, and he's nine months old out of Mike, mm -hmm. or she rather. He kept a yeah. male and a female. It's a female. Oh, it's a female. What's her name? Coco Chanel. Yes. His wife. <laughs> Named it. <laughs> Coco Chanel. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Have you ever tried any other leopards or just? No. That's the only strain of them I used. Now, I'll tell you something. I won't call the man's name, but I, I was going to Maine to hunt because I hunted up there when Mike Hubbard owned the guide service. Mm -hmm. There was a man up there with leopards. He wasn't treeing in the bow. And he, I talked to him before I was going up on the weekend. Yeah. I said, what in the heck you mean you're not treeing bear? He said, these dogs ain't got no grit. They were leopards. Mm -hmm. I said, mine do. I said, I don't know what strain. I knew what strain, but I, I told him, I said, I don't know what strain you hunting. But you obviously got the wrong strain of dog if you bear hunting. Yeah. I go up there and I ask him, I said, stay there. But he didn't. Yeah. I want him to stay there and hunt a day or two. Yeah. And look at mine, and I wanted to look at his. Mm -hmm. But he didn't. But I never went to Maine that we didn't tree bear. Every trip I ever went up there, even under the worst of the weather and rain, we treed bear. Never went up there. Never got shut out that we didn't tree a bear. It was one day, uh, one week out. We didn't hunt for two days because it just poured rain. And we still treed a bear those two days we hunted. Yeah. But he couldn't tree bear up there. Hmm. Well, he said, he said, they just have no grit. But these dogs do have grit. Mm -hmm. And all of them do pretty much. Now, when, you're, when Pete and your, and your brother and your dad had leopards, do you know where they got their dogs? From McDuffie. They got them straight from McDuffie. Right. I mean, I know you said that. Yes. Obviously, Flicka did, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, all of them. Okay. Pretty much. Well, except for that Goodman down here mm -hmm. at... Uh, I think Goodman lives around Goochland or Richmond, Virginia, somewhere or another. Uh, Thomas, I think his name was Thomas Goodman. I don't know. Anyhow, he, uh, Carson got some of them, Lewis Carson, my brother, got some of them from him. Mm -hmm. 
some of the others that he had. Yeah. I was just talking to Richard Bailey when I was up in Michigan, and he said he hunted with your brother. Did he? Down at the, the Leopard Den. Leopard Den, yep. Years and years ago. Yep. Yep. That's where Rex hunted with him. Mm-hmm. At probably at the same time. Yeah. If, if I knew, you know. Mm-hmm. Of course, Carson not living anymore. He died last year. Uh, the young age of 95. He was <laughs> still getting around pretty good. Good. Up to the end. I mean, he he walked with a cane, but he he done yeah. pretty good. Yeah. He still he still went out there in the spring of the year and planted uh, seven uh, six dozen tomato plants, staked them, and put buckets around to keep them from frost, killing them. Every spring around the tenth of April, he done it till he was ninety four years old. Yeah, I remember you telling me that a couple of years ago. Yeah, you're like, yeah, he was out here back in April planting his garden. You planting the garden, <laughs> just just like normal, just like no. When he died, this fellow over there took him, and Carson was still driving. He was going to a greenhouse to give a man three hundred tomato seeds. <laughs> to put in that greenhouse so he could get his tomato plants and some other people around in the neighborhood could get yeah. tomato plants to set out early. He died at that man's place. He had a heart attack and died at that man's place. And that's what he was doing. He's 95 years old, and he was going to plant. Getting ready for and, and Six dozen tomato plants. <laughs> I mean, there's people in this county that's probably half starving to death for food today, groceries, I mean, the vegetable stuff he used to mm-hmm. sell them. He sold yeah. them all kind of vegetables. He didn't need the money. He just loved the people coming around. Yep. And he was used to, like my dad and like I am, we worked. Mm-hmm. These kids today don't know nothing about work. <laughs> but they, he worked. I tell people, I was born up there on that mountain, and I need to take you up there sometime and show you yeah. my old home place. Keep telling me that, but I've, yet to, be, I've, I've yet to get the, the trip up there. Yeah, and, but, uh, and we should have done it. We could have easily done it yesterday evening when we got through, honey. Mm-hmm. Uh, copyhead snakes come in the house. Pay no attention to no snake. I don't pay no attention to no snake. Heck, snake bite me, he'd probably die. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Had a wood stove. Yeah. Had a heater in the house. I was pushing summertime, and I had a beagle that come in. I rabbit hunted a lot, too, as a bear hunter. And I was, I don't know, I was probably 13 or 14 years old. The beagle come on in the house. I let her in, and we'd feed her in the kitchen there. Mm-hmm. And she, uh, I was popping some popcorn on that old wood stove. You know, you just pour it over in the pan and shake it yep. like you used to do it. It wasn't in a bag then. <laughs> and Remember, she you went mean, You by, mean you didn't have a microwave? Yeah. Never knew what a microwave was back in the 60s, uh, 50s and 60s. But uh, she went behind the stove, and she come back, and out all bristled up a house standing up growling. I said, heck, I know what that is. I just set the corn off the eye of the stove, looked around, there's a copyhead snake behind the stove. I just went out there and got a hole and just drug him on across the floor out in the yard and killed him, threw him down the hill and come on back and pop my popcorn. <laughs> That's a true story. I just, did it. It's everyday life. Yeah, everyday life. You didn't pay attention to that. Snake didn't bother you. I, uh, I've been over there working in the barn, and we got a pay loose. There was no bailed hay then because mm-hmm. my daddy couldn't afford a baler. Yeah. And I'd be getting up hay and just pick a, a copyhead snake up with the hay, and the, he'd flop around, and I'd just throw it back down and kill him and go on and keep feeding the cattle. I've seen it done in the fall of the year and all when the grass yeah. started getting low. Them snakes go to the barn looking for some place to go. Yep. But, yeah, we uh, we had a life 
unlike most people had. Yep. But it's one I'd trade today for. I'd rather go back to then. Yeah. I don't need all of this fancy stuff. I've got a cell phone. I've got a computer. You got do? a microwave, but I you got a cell phone. Yeah, I got a cell phone. You know that I do, but I just don't use it. <laughs> you a don't lot. use that thing. <laughs> you call your cell phone. You don't. It's it's sitting on the table or something. Yeah. Well, it. Uh, I don't use it yet at the house because most people call me on the landline. You don't use it any. When you hunt, you take it. Otherwise, you don't care. No, I had it tonight when I went out to eat tonight. Yeah, I do. I take it when I go. Seriously, I do. Yeah, you must be getting better about that. Yeah, I am. I'm getting a little better about it. Uh, but, uh, no, I, uh, we lived a life different from most people. Well, all people did my age. Yeah. When you're 78, I'm 74 now, your life was different. Now, some of them had it a lot better, but we didn't. Well, just being back in the mountains, a little more secluded. Yeah. I mean, Daddy, those dogs he had, they would be treed somewhere or another about every morning. Have If not a bear, they'd have a coon tree. Mm-hmm. And I've been to them many a morning and uh, before I went to school yeah. and shot a coon out of the tree. If I had, if it wasn't very far, mm-hmm. come back, lay it in the corn house and skin it out when I come from school that evening because they sold the hides. I've, yeah. I've sold them hides, brought 20, 20 to $30 each Yeah, back in the 60s. They, uh, early 60s and all, and later than that. Yep. Now you can't hardly give them away. Nope. But I'll tell you a little quick story. I had a daddy a treat a coon one morning before I went to school, and it was right up above the house. I went up after 22 rifle and the coon sitting up in there, and I popped the coon out, and he fell down next to a log, and the dogs was pulling on him. And I run over, and I picked that coon up, and he wasn't dead. I was trying to get, I didn't want that hide tore up because that hide yeah. was worth $20, $25. That's a lot of money back then. That coon bit me in the leg right here, and the dogs was pulling the coon, and the coon is attached to my, care for my leg down here. And I'm going to tell you what, I'm not joking. If you look, see that place right there? That's where that coon bit me about 50-some years ago. That's where he sunk his tooth. See it? See that spot right there? It looks different from the rest of my leg. It's right in there. He he stuck, and I had to take his twenty-two rifle and beat the dog off of him, beat him over the nose to turn the coon loose so I could get the coon off my leg. <laughs> and, Only you. <laughs> and he he was pulling on the coon, and I'm and the coon's holding to my leg. Wasn't no rabies in. If it was, it, I suspect I probably should have got a <laughs> tested. I tested the coon in there. But you don't give up that thirty-five dollar hide for him to test that coon. <laughs> That's too Not much money in, involved. Not back in those days. <laughs> but yeah, I've. Uh, but those leopards that I enjoy hunting them, mm-hmm. and I like them, and I'll hunt them, and they'll be true blood, unless there's something put in them before I bought them. It ain't nothing else been put in them in the last thirty-one years since I've owned them. Yep. That wasn't leopard that I know of. Yep. And uh, well, we, like you said you've had the same. Same dogs with very yep. few. Just kept you can look back through the ancestry of them until you you can I can get one registered now in just about three or four generations. Every one of them come through my kennel. Yeah, every one of them come through my. Have kennel. you ever sat down and like figured out how many generations you've had? Lord, no, I have not. I just didn't know. I don't know. I don't know how many generations, it, and it might be hard to do. I will tell you what, I've got. 
I've got papers right here. Hold on. The last litter or two of puppies I raised. Hold on. Let's see. This one's empty. What's in this one? Who? What litter is that? Cause this a, is Mike and Little Jazz. That's Mike and Little Jazz. So that's the last litter. Frazier. Huh? There's Frazier there. All right, go back. All right, here's... This is Mike and Little Jazz. Everything now, everything there is Lizard Ridge. Everything here is Lizard Ridge, except for Little Mountain Sissy, mm-hmm. and that's John Miles, West Virginia. Go back over here. There's Hensley Tigger, Little Jazz, Dutchman Creek Frazier, Dutchman Creek Dixie. I owned her. Uh, uh, and down here on this side, Hensley's Frazier, yep. Lizard Ridge JB. Lizard Ridge Freckles. I own just about every dog on that page yep. there. So and that's can. what, four generations? Yep. Right there. Mm-hmm. And I own, and if you go back, you know. And like you said, I mean, while you've raised a lot of pups and stuff, you're not running a puppy mill here. So it's not like you've got pups around. You, you raise pups when you need replacements. Right. Yeah, exactly. I told you yesterday. My daddy and Pete Wow both rode the same old horse. If they had a great dog mm-hmm. and or three or four good dogs, they just kept hunting them, hunting them, hunting. And it's like Gene Parker told me one time he was up there in Maine. He said, I just realized something. Every dog I got is either in the nursing home or kindergarten. Yep. I got nothing. You won't see me do that. You look out there in that kennel. Two nine-month-old puppies, 17-month-old dog. Uh, two Ruger's two years old. I don't have one three because. She's got three four year olds. But I got three four year old dogs, and then I got a six year old, a seven year old, and an eight year old. Mm-hmm. I got about 10 dogs out there, and they go from nine months to almost nine years old. And you just had one that was almost 15, wasn't it? The old bandit dog was almost, would have been 15 this spring. He just mm-hmm. died. He's the daddy or granddaddy of everything standing in that kennel out there. Yeah. He was a hell of a dog. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he wasn't blessed with his speed as some of the rest of them was, but boy, he could he had some grit, mm-hmm. and he could work a bow when he called him. He was a good looking dog. He's a good looking dog. I got a picture right up there that I can show you of him. Uh, when I, uh, he was just half half his body shaved where a bow tore him up. Jeez. Yeah, of course that'd be expensive right about now. Yes, it would. He died at 15. That's probably been, I think he was six or seven when that happened. Mm-hmm. That's six. It wasn't, wasn't bad then. My yep. God, there's vet bills now worse than a human. It's, yep. it's, it's an expensive sport. Yes, it is. A very expensive sport. Definitely. But I'll make you a bet. I bet J.C. Childress will have a bow dog for <laughs> next year. He's hooked. When, when he saw that bow pet tree today, that man's hooked. He might not have a bear dog. He'll have some. He'll have a dog trying to make a bear. He, dog. He'll he'll have a dog that he's bear hunting. He will be trying to make some. Bear and dogs. he'll have a track. Well, he said he had a dogster tracking system. Yeah. Uh, he but he already said he's like, I need a Garmin though, because that's what you guys all run. Yeah, but uh, you know his own sons is taking wages on how long it built for he, <laughs> yeah. He'll get a dog. <laughs> that's pretty funny. The one said 90 days, which is probably about right. Cause, that's about right. You cause get that's past. Because that's when you, you, you that's get when past Christmas, and he gets to think about that thing. Man, I, I really enjoyed that. No, because that's when about, well, it'll be a little bit longer than 90 days, because that's when Ivory will probably have him. Yeah, that's when he, he'll be calling me, yeah. About four four or five months. Yep. That's, yeah, about spring of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hopefully, she'll 
come in and I'm going to breed her to that Amos style. Mm-hmm. And you saw enough out of that Amos dog oh, yeah. to know he's a good dog. He's yep. a solid dog. Yep. So is and he's one of the last few left out of that old jazz dog that I had. Just mm-hmm. a direct son. Yep. And I had already thought about that. And and after I looked at what he was doing this year, yeah. but I think he's five years old now. I look at the papers, but I think that's right. Yeah. And uh, But he's never even been registered. But it wouldn't have been any trouble to have registered him. He just, mm-hmm. Jared... Jared wanted to make a coon dog, and he didn't want nothing to do with a coon. He wanted to run a bow. Yep. And he runs a bow, well, that's too. That red dog I got out there, Rio, that's his daddy. I tried to make a coon dog out of that pot dog, and he was doing good until I took him bear hunting. Yeah. <laughs> and then once I took him bear yeah, hunting, yeah, he was that's, like, that's, yeah, That's nope. a death kill of a, uh, uh, if you want a bow dog, don't don't coon hunt it. Because, I'm, I'm, I mean, if you want a coon dog, don't bear hunt it, because I'm going to tell you what, once he smells that bow, I've seen some dogs that didn't like it, but yeah. most of them do. Mm-hmm. They give out so much scent and all, and it's a fast game that they can run. Yep. And they just they they just love it. Most mm-hmm. dogs love it of any breed that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I like them. I like I just love to hunt them and the way they handle. You can talk to them. Shoot, I'll go out there any time. If I got plenty of time when I feed, and I'll go through, through every kennel and pet every one of them and talk to them. Mm-hmm. People think I'm crazy, I guess, but uh, that's okay. But all them dogs, they respond really well to it. They do it. They do it. Leopard Curry responds, but one man said he he got a puppy out of this last litter. Let him make mm-hmm. this mine. He said, believe he petted it too much. I said, no, you can't pet that dog too much. Yeah. I said, it might be a little slower starting. By you petting it because it wants to hang around you, but I said, no, sir, you cannot pet a leopard curry too much. Mm-hmm. I, I firmly believe that. Yep. Well, Wayne, I thank you for sitting down and talking about your leopards. I thank you. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Tree Talking Media. And until next time, keep them talking in the timber.